welcome to the Center in the Saint. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Allison Kane. You know, I'm not really sure if I'm actually going to take part in 2023 yet. I'm still deciding. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that was an option. Oh, <laughs> yes. Welcome to my world where you just decide, am I going to participate or am I going to sit on the sidelines? Hmm. TBD, girl, TBD. All right. Well, in multiple choice, yeah, I just didn't know. That must be D. A, B, C, or D. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or maybe D is all of the above. All of the, yeah, I guess all it does depend the on the day. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, like if the weather's cold, not participating. Oh, gosh. There was that really rainy, crazy Wednesday a few weeks ago, and I just wanted to sit on my couch in my PJs all day. So why didn't you? I, I mean, I couldn't. Well, we had why? a meeting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which was totally worth it. But, yes. like, we had some things to do. And you know those days. But, you know, sometimes it's okay to just be like, I'm not doing that today. Yeah, but not that day. Because it was so important. Yes, that's true. It oh, was my super gosh. fun. It was very exciting. It was an answer to prayer, so. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Woo. Speaking of rainy days. Rainy days and Mondays. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. What's today? I don't even know. <laughs> um, you know when the enemy kind of makes your life real rainy feeling? Oh, yeah, especially during the winter. Yup. Yeah, it gets dark so early. Uh-huh. Makes me Inside get my PJs at 6.30. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you asked me this really great, great question over text, and I know I never responded. But I did think about it. Aw, I'm glad you were yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, just because I don't respond doesn't mean I'm not ruminating on it. But you were like, how is the enemy keeping you sidelined? So, mm. do you even remember sending the text? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is what we do. We just like send random thoughts to each other. <laughs> sometimes we respond, sometimes we don't. But like that was one Melissa just threw out there. And it was actually like squished in between all this other stuff that you were sending me, which was so funny, which is probably why I didn't respond to that specifically. Um, woo, squirrel. So essentially, I literally text like I podcast, like all over the place. Yeah, but that's the beauty, right? <laughs> but I thought that was such a thought-provoking question. So I did sit with it a while. Mm. And I thought we'd talk about it. Okay. Because there are a few things... Um. That I think the enemy uses to keep us sidelined from life, from God's calling for us, from all, from happiness, from living that life of joy and fulfillment that God, you know, has for us. I totally remember, like I'm going back to the moment now. And when I sent it to you, I was journaling and I was thinking about how far I had come and the things that helped me and the people that helped me to get there. Mm. And I thought, not everybody gets this or not everybody has this and how fortunate I felt about it. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. What a great idea to reflect on like Mm. in the holiday season and as a new year approaches and begins and all of that. Well, so I came up with four things, four signs um, that the enemy has you sidelined. Okay, I love it. Instead of like in the game. Uh-huh. And they can be really subtle. But one is you're discouraged. Mm. Which, you know, I can be discouraged a lot. <laughs> but discouragement says, so discouragement is like, 
I'm no good. I'm not making a difference. I always mess up. I literally got a text from a friend this week that was, she was basically, she's in a place of discouragement. And these are the things she's saying, like, what's the point? I might as well give up. That's exactly what she said in her text. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. Exactly. And we've all been there. You may be there right now, but none of those messages are from God. And, um, you know, there's this, there's, this is the warning. Discouragement is a slippery slope because if we're not careful and we don't stay rooted in the word and the truth, then it leads to self-pity. And that is just like another enemy tactic, right? Um, And so as God would have it, I had read these really amazing verses um, just that morning. And I sent those to her for encouragement. But one of the really cool things that you can do to defeat discouragement is open up the book of Ephesians. Oh, yeah, girl. Dude, it is so good. And when you're reading it, Maybe rewrite it. And every time you see the word, um, you or us, put your name there Mm. and make it really personal. And it's so encouraging. Mm -hmm. And it flips the discouragement and the lies of Satan. Yeah, because, you know, gosh, you and I remember, like probably a moment from last week, personally for both of us, where we felt like, what is the point yeah. Right. But that's why the Bible says do not go tired of doing what is good. Mm-hmm. Right. Keep running the race marked out for you. And um, it's hard sometimes. And like, <laughs> think about honest. a race. A race is exhausting. <laughs> yeah. A race is adrenaline filled. A yes. race is hard. You get thirsty. You get sweaty. You get tired. Blisters. It's not all fun and games. It's not all medals and glory. And someone's in a race is at your heels. And you're trying to stay ahead of them. Yeah. Right? And so when I think of, he didn't say like, keep walking that nice rambly path, (laughs) smelling the roses. No, it's a race. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And it is easy to get discouraged and feel like. So is now the time to talk about how you don't get discouraged or are you going to do that later? Well, I think Ephesians, I mean, it's all about the word of God and it's countering all of this is everything we're going to talk about today. I mean, everything in life, it is countering the lies with God's word, which is the truth. Mm. And honestly, I think, especially for discouragement and the feeling that you're no good, you're not making a difference. You always mess up. What's the point? I'm just going to give up. Um, Ephesians is a great book of the Bible. And literally, I mean, if you have to cross out you and us in your Bible and write your name, do that. God would not mind. Yes. And we could even go back to a few little stories in the Old Testament, like Moses. Mm, right. Yeah. He wasn't ready for all that. Noah. What the heck, man? <laughs> what kind of journey was that, God? Right? I mean, even Jonah. That's what I was going to say. Jonah ran away, y'all. Jonah's like, peace, man. I got to go. I'm not doing that. Appreciate you. Find somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Did you see in the news a few weeks ago that a child was actually swallowed by a hippopotamus? And please was, tell me this is a different country. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't I, like someone letting their kid go do a selfie with at the zoo, right? No, no, no. no. Okay, I, yeah, I don't know where it was, but y'all Google it because it was actually in the news. But 
Um, he was in the belly of the hippopotamus for like two minutes before oh. the hippopotamus threw him up. Oh. I, I just couldn't help think, but think of Jonah, right? And he was fine. Mm. And a hippopotamus belly is a lot smaller than a whale belly. And what a story. Wow. Like, imagine later, like, the two truths and a lie. Mm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I got swallowed by a hippo. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yikes. Yeah. I spent two minutes in the belly of a hippo. Right. Not everybody can say that. I'm pretty sure that person might be the only one. Guinness Book World Record. Yes. This is not, uh, this was not a challenge, y'all. Don't go try this. <laughs> Hopefully he won't use that in an arrogant way to be, like, special and important. Speaking of that. Oh. That's number two. Okay. (laughs) Um, Another way that the enemy keeps us sidelined is he keeps us, as first as Paul points out, keeps us puffed up, not built up. Mm. When we're puffed up, not built up. Mm. So if we go um, into 1 Corinthians 8, like 1 through 3, Paul points out that knowledge puffs us up, but love builds us up. Mm. But so often people use knowledge to make themselves feel important, to look better than someone else. And that is not a place that that is not a place that where God is in the middle of things. But you know, the Pharisees would be your friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So true. But, you know, knowledge, like a lot of knowledge can really make us arrogant and make us feel better than someone else, smarter than, more than, or make us act. We're not. Right. You're, like you're literally not, but you can come across that way. But love does the opposite. Love, like the Lord's love makes us humble. And it's the opposite of arrogance. It is so true because when I think about I'm just going to, you know, make this a very generic statement, but from life experience, when I think about people who have spoken, you know, from a place of knowing God's word, they can make you feel like, okay, here's an example. I was in my twenties and I said, Hey, I didn't understand this. We were in a small group. It didn't, they didn't call that at the time. It was so long ago, but, uh, I said, I didn't understand this. Well, the guy was an elder now if you want to see why i ran away from church the guy was an elder in the church and he literally was like what do you mean you don't understand that and then proceeded the next day to like spread the fact that i didn't know or understand so people in the small group were like talking about me behind my back and laughing wow okay that is a great example of this Versus you, who if I sit with you, you go, well, you do know, like, this is what God's love says for you. This is what God has for you. It's with love and it's with empathy. And I know you have good intention and you have never offended me with God's word. And you are very wise in God's word. Oh, thanks. I don't feel that way. (laughs) Well, that's because you're not puffed up. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Well, you know, there's none of us know everything. I mean, there's just no way. Like, we're not God. And I think when we're living in that place where we think we just know it all, we are, in an es- in essence, acting like God. And that is terrifying to me because we are not God, nor would I ever want his job. Correct. Oh but, you know, you just said such a profound statement in this day and age is 
Not one of us knows everything. Mm. We'll never, never, never get it all right. I don't care who you are, where you come from, where you went to school, uh, how many degrees you have, the little letters behind your name. You don't know it all. I don't know it all. That's right. That And that really flows into number three, actually. Oh, I did that on purpose, oh, but I didn't know that. <laughs> I know. I love, see how much God loves us? I know. Um, the third thing, I think, that Satan, tactic that Satan or the enemy uses to keep us sidelined is he create he takes away the black and white. And we begin to live in this gray, in this neutral area. Now, some things... I'm not saying everything is black and white, but what I am saying is that the world creates where there is black and white in scripture, and it's very clear, the world creates gray. And that is a danger because it is basically lukewarm, watered down gospel. And so there's this really great quote from C.S. Lewis. Girl, lay it on me. From the screw tape letters. And it, he said, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, mm. the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signpost. And that is what the world does. It takes black and white slowly over time, and it turns it into gray, slowly tossing out little... Um, breadcrumbs, shall Uh we say, making something that is not right feel right Mm. gradually. And we also, so the world does that, but we also do that in our own lives. Agreed. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting because so many people say like, well, I just, I don't understand. I don't, how how can these people stand here and and say this so matter-of-factly? And I go... Did you look at the Bible? Right. Like, have you read the Bible? I'm not going to tell you what I think the Bible says in it because that's not my job. Your job is to sit and read your Bible and let God speak to you through his word. I cannot do that for you. That's so true. It's so true. And when we're rooted in God's word, it he is the one who holds us accountable, right? And we desire our hearts change to look more like him. But those little moral slips... And that living in the gray happens gradually for us. So it could be a small twist of truth, you know, whether it's in your taxes or whether it's in a conversation or just small little lies in a certain situation or, you know, um, getting a little too close emotionally to someone, you know, who's married or you're married. And deep down, you know, something's not quite right in your heart. But you just ignore it. And that first little moral lapse, right, is... Yes. It's, it feels the hardest, the worst. But then it just becomes easier if we don't change course. So I have two great examples. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, so last week or a few weeks ago, we were speaking, right? And I have these really super funny socks that someone sent me. Yes. Okay. Oh and my gosh, they, they are say, so funny. Jesus loves you, but everyone else thinks you're a, let's just say jack wagon, but it's not such a nice word. And I was going to put them on because I thought they're super funny, but I have cowgirl boots and no one will know I'm wearing them. And it'll just be like a little thing to make me laugh all day. Y'all, Jesus, God, God said, no, ma'am, do not put those socks on your feet. And I was like, but 
No one's going to know. Mm-mm. I know they're there. And let me tell you, girl. It ain't you funny. You have the audacity to sit and speak in my name wearing that. You're going to pay. I was like, okay, yes, sir. I didn't even put them on my feet. Like, I didn't even get that far. I was like, wow. yes, sir. So then recently I was at a park. And my youngest son was playing football with some other boys that he had met at the park. Well, I was chatting with the parents and they were interested in football and whatever. So we decided to exchange numbers. Well, the husband passed me his business card and said, you can connect me anytime. And then, you know, my wife's phone number is this, but the last two numbers. So it would be very easy for me to just text him instead of her. And don't get me wrong. There's nothing attractive about him. There was no whatever, in my opinion. But I know that's not a good idea. Right. Always text the wife. Connect with the wife because you're just leaving room for the enemy to work. Right? Absolutely. But you know that through scripture. Yes. <laughs> and time with God. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that makes all the difference. And so that really goes in to number four as well. The enemy keeps us sidelined by using us to create more division. Oh, okay. Than unification. So we're so busy dividing instead of unifying. Um, Paul, good old Paul, he's famous today in the podcast (laughs) in Galatians 5. And we, we always hear about Galatians 5 and we talk about the fruits of the spirit. That's what we use Galatians 5 for. It's like, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, blah, 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 gentleness, self-control. We even did one on self-control. But what we don't usually focus on is the opposite things that get in the way, the things that divide. And that's what Paul says are the acts of the flesh and that they are obvious the sexual immorality, the impurity, the debauchery, the idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. These are probably more fits of rage, selfish selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, and orgies. So wow, (laughs) that's from scripture. But (laughs) you know, if we focus in on this fits of rage, selfish, selfish, I can't say that word today, uh, ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, that is all discord. And sometimes, you know, we all, I feel as if these days it's like, well, I've got to take a stand. Yeah, we do have to take a stand sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I would like to just throw out there that if we're, God is all about reconciliation and forgiveness and love and hope. If you read scripture, he takes a stand, but that is always in there. So if we're taking a stand mm. and it's creating more division and bitterness, you know, if that is the end result over unity and love, it's probably not the right kind of taking a stand. Okay. So I love that. And actually, um, I was in Ephesians as well earlier this week and I wrote a blog post about it that we'll link, but, um, I was reading Paul's prayer for the church and it's in Ephesians one, um, verses 15 through 23 is the prayer for the church and the believers. But I was thinking I was, as I was reading it, I was thinking, what if the next time we were offended by something someone said or someone did or they didn't agree with us, we paused? Mm -hmm. Because number one, 
There is not one person on this earth that we will lock eyes with that God did not create and God does not love. Yeah, I have to say that a lot. Correct. I do too. Jesus died for them too. Jesus died for them too. Jesus died. (laughs) That's a great tattoo. Anyways, but, and so I, I thought, what if instead of trying to show someone I was right or so smart or so whatever, so knowledgeable, what if I prayed out of verse 18 and thought in my head, I'm not going to say it out loud unless they need it, you know, but I might just say it in my head, you know, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people. Mm. What if we prayed that, that God would open their eyes? Don't do it haughty and say, let me pray for you because you need it. Right. But you know, you cannot pray for someone. Because there goes that arrogance again. Yeah, you can't pray for someone and hate them at the same time. Because if you're praying, you're in the presence of God, and God does not sit with hate. It's so true. And it really boils down to this. We don't really change anyone. Yep. We don't change people's hearts. God does. And when we take notice of these things, these tactics that the enemy is using to sideline us from our calling and from from living out those fruits of the spirit, then it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is what we're going to talk about next week. It's God's calling okay. for, on our lives and looking specifically at why is it important to figure out what my calling is and how the heck do I do it? I love this. You know, you do have people say all the time, I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know, you know, what my gifts are. It gets kind of confusing. (laughs) I'm glad you know, so I can learn something. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Well, we'll see how much we know. Let's do it. Uh, Well, thanks for joining us this week. We hope that as you go throughout your week, that you will just ask the Lord to shine a little spotlight, Mm -hmm. maybe a little tiny flashlight bulb, um, on some of the things that the enemy may be using in your life to sideline you from living the life he's called you to and even discovering what your calling is. I love it. Mm. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you next week on The Center and the Saint. Bye.